0: What's up, y'all, and welcome into Forte Catholic. I'm so glad that you are here today. We've got a great show for you. I have one of my favorite insights in a long time that I have to share with John, who's our co-host for uh, two, two segments of today's show. Uh, we talk about the uh, some illusions. It's a grand old time. And also, we have a guest this week. He is the priest that works with the Houston Texans, my favorite and hometown priest football team he is their uh, chaplain and I have a great conversation with him so i hope that you enjoy today's show if you do or if you've liked what you've seen in the last what has it been 38 seconds hit the subscribe button below hit the bell so you get uh, notifications of all the videos we do not only the show but talks music all sorts of things here on forte catholics youtube channel uh, enjoy today's show Oh, but happy Easter and welcome to Forte Catholic, I am Taylor Schroll, that is
1: Jonathan Lene Bearded Blevins, Jonathan, happy Easter buddy. Hey, thanks, happy Easter to you too, is it because it's Easter, is that why you said my favorite middle name, Lene? Yeah, dude, it's, that's, that's it, my favorite one. Your, your parents, I, I, just, I just adore them so much, not because
0: they had three very successful sons and apparently a sister that I didn't know about. Oh, yeah. How did you not know about that? No, I feel like a bad person. You are a bad person. I think both of us. I think that proves that both of us are because... I mean, she's like, adopted. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. This is starting to ring a bell now. This is starting to ring a bell. Okay, good. So I have told you. You have told me. It's It's all me. It's I'm the bad person. We talked about it once. I think it was on the show, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. She's adopted. She's great. And she really is. Like, my sister, I don't say she's adopted like they're, they're, it doesn't count. And it was late in life. She was, like, 18 when we adopted her.
0: Okay. Yeah, she yeah. This is, this, is all, this is all ringing a bell now. But, like, I, I follow your mom on social media, and she was like, oh, it was like your parents' anniversary the other day. And I know we're celebrating Easter, but, you know, let's talk about your parents' anniversary, the bigger yeah. holiday. So, uh she was like, "Oh yeah, I'm so thankful for all of, all of my sons and all that they've done and also my daughter." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. She's a proud mama. She is. Um So I had this weird encounter the other day, Jonathan. And With the Lord? Uh, no, 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 no. That was <laughs> oh, Okay. Keep going. And, uh, although that like Someone rising from the dead is one of the weirdest things in the world. And us as Christians are just like, yeah, sure. Like it, it happened again. You know, whatever. He's yeah. Weird. You know, it's yeah. really weird though. Mary being perfect. <laughs> He's risen. <laughs> He's risen indeed. Yes, we did it. <laughs> yeah. But I had an even weirder encounter than someone rising from the dead for the 2020th time. But uh, no, we're not into it. It, it was 30 Let's do some strange math. That's what everybody wants from this show, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm bad he, at math, but I'll try.
0: He, we've celebrated him rising from the dead about 19, uh, uh, in, the upper, uh, in the upper echelon of 1,900 times, but also every time we've had a mass, so in the billions. So anyway, that's our confusing math for today. Yeah, Back to great. my story. Um, regular listeners of the show know that I uh, coached the, t- the track team at our local Catholic high school, and I was at a track meet. Wearing this hat that has your face on the back of it because it's the hat that I literally wear all the time, uh, and <laughs> a lot of people think it's me. Like they think it's just me wearing my hat. But it's and it's just like, but it it does look like me. I just never wear glasses or sunglasses, so that's the yeah. big difference with your logo <laughs> and mine. <laughs> but uh, this kid walks up to me, and he goes, uh, what, "What what's that on your hat?" And I was like, "Oh, it's my it's my friend Beardy Blevins. He's a he's a Fortnite streamer." He goes, oh, that's what I thought. Like, I know Bearded Blevins. I'm like, what? Like, I'm at this what? track meet in Central Texas. You live in Detroit or Chicago, wherever we decided oh, that you no. live. And, <laughs> and he walks up to me and he's like, oh, I know who Bearded Blevins are. Because one of the people that the people who have watched your stream, uh, twitch.tv slash Bearded Blevins, know that you stream a lot with the Bonsai bros. These two brothers yeah. who are also, like, uh, they're not as, like, o- openly... Christian as you are on the stream but they're super Christian and they go to this church in Austin and this kid is in the youth group that the brothers help out with so, so they knew you because of them and walked up to me at a track meet where, like, the pe- the other teams are supposed to be my enemies. That's what I teach my kids at the Catholic school. All other teams are enemies, and uh, we'll love them after the meet. <laughs> love your enemies later <laughs> is, is the message there. But, uh, yeah, that was just really strange. And I was like, okay, kid, nice to meet you.
1: <laughs> now, that first of all, that's wildly cool and very crazy. And what a small world. Like n- like Because they don't just know me. They know me through the Bonsai Bros, who've been a part of my stream since I first started streaming. And now they stream, and they're doing great. That's crazy. Um what's crazier to me though is that you didn't mention Twitch Prime. Like, hey man, do you have Twitch Prime? Make sure you use it on bearded. You know, like <laughs> that's true. Like that's where our friendship would go from like good to great, you know, or great to the best. Right there. So next time though, next time. Have you heard of Twitch Prime? I, I sure have. Uh and, and you know when I'll start doing that?
0: Uh when? When you start sharing about this show that we do together once a month. <laughs> Dude, you always tweet about it at the weirdest times. No, no, it's the same time every week. <laughs> I'm like working. And if I, t- I okay. Point taken. Okay, good. Uh, the the other thing that that we have to address before we move into Easter, all of these things we have to address before we get Uh-oh. into Easter and the rising of Jesus. Why do I don't feel like I'm in trouble. You are. You're not, but it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> so at the end of last week's or last month's show, at the end of last month's show, you, I, I got mad at you because you invited me to a party that was happening in two weeks your yearly March Madness party and you were like uh, I was mad that you invited me and then I was less mad because you were like you know what Taylor I, if you want to come I'll buy your ticket and I thought that was so generous of you and you were like I was like that you know that's really really kind of you John I appreciate yeah. that and then you
1: texted me 20 minutes after we recorded saying my wife said that I can't just offer to buy tickets without talking to her for <laughs>
0: so here's the thing that i'm now terrified of that made me realize that your wife is listening to your half of the conversation when we're recording and that's terrifying because only hearing half of any conversation is strange but i would imagine only hearing half of a conversation with me is one of the stranger experiences in life
1: Yeah, I agree. I actually was the first time I, I ever knew that she was listening. She I don't think she always does. She usually has the kids have their rest time now and she hangs out with the baby upstairs. But sometimes they play right, you know, two doors away from me. And that's that was that day. So I i like walked out. Normally, she's like, hey, how'd it go? How was it? Oh, it was great. I had a of fun. We talked about this, talked about that. And this time she's like buying tickets without talking to your wife now, are we? And I was like, oh, no, no. <laughs> anyway next year i got you so yeah you reneged on it like
0: almost immediately like it was one of the last things we said we said bye right into the recording you texted me right after and it wasn't like i was not mad or upset because like i mean honestly i couldn't come anyway i just i just appreciated the gesture but even in that like in that scenario where i wasn't even gonna take you up on the free tickets and you still texted me like my wife said no
1: made me so happy (laughs) (laughs) It's so <laughs> like remember when you were a kid and like you like asked to sleep over and like it's like oh, mom said no that's how it felt like texting you that I felt like I was eight again and, and that's why I loved it because you you you're like talk a big game and then the
0: woman in your life told you no and it made me so happy we were shut down <laughs> uh, okay let's talk about Easter and for I, I think uh, I have become known for a couple of things and most of them are bad
1: but I'm sorry please call it Resurrection Sunday thank you
0: uh no (laughs) (laughs) actually actually my wife just told me next in the next room that I have to so I'm going to uh, on this past resurrection Sunday (laughs) (laughs) so one of the things that I take pride in is the way that I look at and read scripture it's just different than most people not better not sometimes worse but just different like every time like i'll share stuff and people are like that's so strange and like that's essentially what this show started as and what one of the bedrocks that has kept this show going is taylor strange insights into scripture so we just celebrated this week we were going through the passion death and resurrection of of our lord and for this joke to make sense have you seen the passion of the christ i have okay it's been a while but i've seen it it's been a while. Okay. Uh, so, uh, so since I've seen the way the candles light your face, that actually works perfectly for, you know, churches, candles lighting yeah. the face of Jesus. So, OK. So in the Passion of the Christ, I thought about this all last week. I like how you constantly make changes to your face, so it only bothers me and the people watching on YouTube, and then for everybody else in the
1: podcast. I did it though because you said the candles on your face. I try to make it look like the candles. I'm just trying to amp up the production level, man. Uh, Oh, good. Well, on my end, I'm 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 glad you fumbled for that for
0: 15 seconds. Thank you. Okay, so uh, the passion. Yeah. So, like on every Palm Sunday and on Good Friday, we read like the Passion account, like the, 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 the whenever Jesus is condemned to death, he's arrested, he got in Gethsemane, and then like the, the, the way of the cross, right? Um, so, as we were, like, reading through that, and I and I heard it a couple times, I, I constantly, constantly think about the Passion of the Christ. Like, how I envision all of these things. Like, Jim Caviezel is Jesus in my head and always has been. Like, even since The Chosen came out and I've seen clips of that, like, it's still Jim Caviezel to me. Yeah. So, I was thinking about the, the Garden of Gethsemane scene. So, whenever Jesus is being arrested uh, and, like, you know, Judas goes to kiss him on the cheek... And then the the Pharisees ask him something. I forget because it was in Aramaic. Remember how the whole movie was not in yeah, English, yeah, right? Yeah, the whole thing. But something to the effect of like, "Are are you the one that they call the Christ? Are you Jesus?" Right? Yeah. And do you remember what he says? I mean, in scripture, or in the movie, both. I mean, both. This is where it gets verbatim from the scriptures.
1: Um. Th- that's who uh, you say I am, right? Yeah. So kind of, you're right there. You're right there. He
0: says, you say I am to pilot, but all he says right here is I, I am or I am. Yeah. Here, right. And saying I am. He literally is saying like, that's that's what God told Moses that his name was when he asked him with with the burning bush, like. Moses has a really good question. He's like, "Hey, uh, I'm, I'm, me and this God that I just met in a bush, we're gonna save you from slavery in Egypt." So there was like, Moses is like, "That's really cool information, but there's probably gonna be some follow up questions." So like, who should I say that you are? And God just says, "I am who I am." Tell them that I am sent you. So like, nobody said that name. So a lot of times people are like, "Oh, did Jesus ever say that he was God?" And, and in some of the gospel accounts, he does, and some of it's more ambiguous. But in all of the gospels, he says, I am or I am he, which like we don't get it because we're reading the Bible in English. But he was literally saying the same word that God said that no Jewish person was allowed to say because that yeah. name was so sacred. They would never say God's name. And so the reason that why I bring up the passion is like in the passion when he says that in the garden of gethsemane he's in this moment of vulnerability where he's like there's all these guards and just him right like it looks to them like they don't know that he's god they don't they don't think that he's god but to them it looks like one versus you know 30 or however many people were there to arrest him and he says i am and do you remember what happens in the movie no no Jesus turns into a superhero and power emanates from him. And they all go shooting backwards. Like he, like a sonic boom came out of his body. Like that a, not 100% that happens in the passion. He what? Sa- he says, I am. And they all like fall backwards.
1: What? Yeah. How don't yeah. remember that.
0: Yeah. So it's funny to me, like a couple of things, like whatever it says that the Pharisees rendered their garments, like a bunch of times when Jesus, like when they think that Jesus is like saying heresy, saying that he's God, it's like this time they might, they might've rendered their garments by accident. Like they did, they got blown backwards and kind of tripped and fell. Right. So, yeah. you know, essentially like the reason I love it theologically is that like Jesus is at 100% percent giving himself up, you know, like, like you said i lay my life down freely no one takes it from me like what a, yeah. what a baller thing to say right i'm gonna die and you're gonna crucify me by this awesome de- all, like this gruesome death but it's i, I chose all of this you yeah, can't do anything because i allow it right exactly
1: there there little one you can do this if you'd like <laughs> you can imagine, like punishing your kid and your kid's just like i'm only letting you do this right <laughs> <laughs>
0: And that's where uh, we get into Adrian Peterson terror story. That was a joke for like eight people. (laughs) So back to Jesus really quickly. So that's like the theological thing. It's like, yeah, like he's being meek and humble, but he has all that power within him. But here's like the funny thing that I couldn't stop thinking about all last week (laughs) is like in John's gospel. He says, I am multiple times, like invoking the name of God saying I am multiple, multiple, multiple times. And all I could think about was like the passion of the Christ and him saying I am and everybody's reaction being thrown backwards, rending their garments, doing all of these things. So like, but saying like I am is a pretty common thing to say. So all I could think about was like Jesus and his apostles just like hanging out on the like the the stories we don't hear about. They were together for three years and we only hear about, you know, if you it would take you an hour and a half to read the whole gospel, like a lot more happened. So like you know, if I'm Jesus and the apostles are like, uh, who's hungry? And Jesus goes,
1: I am! And they all get
0: shot backwards because power is emanating from Jesus.
1: <laughs> Not every time you hear I am, that's just what you think about. Exactly. Of, life, of course, I am the bread of life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everybody gets
0: shot back. Yeah. Jesus had uh, immediate social distancing because he pushed everybody back with the power emanating from him when he said, I am. And then I started wondering, like, I wonder if it worked as a contraction. Like, the next time, like, the, the, the apostle's were eating that breakfast and jesus said he was hungry and they all got shot backwards like the next time were they more careful like were they like is anyone else hungry today and then they kind of wince like ready for jesus to say i am and like get blown back a little bit but then he goes "Uh, i'm hungry but it's a contraction and so they wait and then nothing happens. Like, I just, like, this is all I've been picturing. Everybody else is having this beautiful Holy Week and encountering the Lord in a new way. And we're all back in our churches and we weren't last year. And blah, blah, blah. That's, that's, that's my deepest spiritual insight was just Jesus, the superhero, accidentally using his powers in regular conversation with his apostles.
1: Yeah. I love it. And I feel like you're what, like, you're, you're, I don't know, man. Are you, you're a huge Marvel fan, right? Yeah. 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 Like, die hard. Like, we, ta- I think you, I think we talked quite a bit about Marvel together. It just is all starting to make sense. Every time we do this together, I, I just get to know you a little bit more. Well, okay. good. I'm kind of there with you. I've just started watching like the Flash and uh, and some other awesome uh, some awesome shows in my life, including the new Superman Lois. Highly recommend. Um, and and so I'm right there with you. I like start to dream more now that I'm a superhuman. And so today, like the the next time that I hear that in scripture, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna think of that. And I want to thank you for that. Good, that's that's my entire goal, and there's one person in
0: my life specifically that like wasn't super into scripture before we met, and now we've become really good friends, and now he's a lot more into scripture, and there's good and bad in it. He's like, I'm reading scripture because of taylor's insights into scripture but at the same time multiple moments in scripture are
1: now ruined because of taylor <laughs> so it's a blessing and a curse to listen to this show and i'm well aware of that there's people who ruin like praise and worship songs right like oh he I- muhammad ali <laughs> looks like a butterfly stings like a bee but you're ruining that's like one thing but you're ruining the holy word of god I am. And that's what we do here at Forte Catholic. And uh, you know what? I, I'm excited for the rest
0: of today's show. Uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break and uh, I'm going to replace John with a oh. man that I really, really want to talk to. John is like, OK, fine. It's just a monthly thing. OK, fine. whatever. But th- we're having a guest on today's show and we're slowly starting to bring guests back onto the show. Our guest in the next segment is, is Father Clint Ressler. He is the chaplain. For the Houston Texans, my favorite football team. He's the Catholic priest that provides pastoral stuff and sacraments for the team. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear this conversation. So don't go anywhere. If you're lonely like Akon was when I was in high school, you should try Catholic Match. Catholic Match is the largest dating online website for Catholics. You can pick it up right on your little phone app and you can meet people who are all Catholic. It's wonderful and tremendous. It's like... Everybody at youth group was Catholic and we were all attracted to, you know, most of them or whatever. I don't know what your life story was, but I know that in youth group, both being in it in high school and working with it now, everybody seems to be attracted to everybody and they're all trying to date and it's all very strange, but this is better. And for adults and grownups, but like when you go to work, when you're just walking around Walmart, like you don't know who these people are. You don't know where they lie on things that are most important to you, like your Catholicism. Well, you can find all sorts of Catholics on catholicmatch.com forte to sign up for free today. Not only are they the largest Catholic online dating site, but they're the best. And they've got ways to communicate uh, whether you are close to the person or not. Or if you're still worried about like Corona stuff, you can meet a video conference online right there in the app safely. So try it out today, catholicmatch.com forte. Back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Schroll, and today I'm really excited for today's guest. Like <laughs> I like all of my guests, but uh, for the role that this this priest plays, uh, Father Crint Wrestler, he is the Catholic chaplain for the Houston Texans. And those of you who listen to the show <laughs> know how big of a Houston sports fan I am, even in the turmoil that all of them seem to have been in the last few years. Uh, mm-hmm. Ever since you know, ever since we banged trash cans, it seems
2: like we're being punished. But
0: uh, yeah. but uh, Father Crint Wrestler. Is, is here today and
2: you you work with the Houston Texans so welcome to the show father well thanks good to be with you uh, it's an exciting topic for me to talk about too I'm pretty excited about it well good so how long have you been the Catholic chaplain for the Houston Texans uh, since their inaugural year in 2002 wow. so uh, I guess that's going on 19 years that's unbelievable. I, so, yeah. like,
0: I have so many questions just about how this happened, what you do, like, all of these things. But yeah. I just kind of assumed it was, like, a rotating thing. I guess just because, like, I'm so used to, like, you're a diocesan mm-hmm. priest with the Diocese of Gauss in Houston where I grew up. And I just assumed... That like, you know, you would rotate just like pastors tend to rotate every 60 mm-hmm. years or so. Or so, But yeah. you've been there since the team started. <laughs> so like, I, yeah. I, I've been a fan of them since they started. Yeah. I was I was quite little, not old enough to hold a job like you were at the time. Yeah. Um, but so how, how does that even get started? So, you know, you signed up and <laughs> gave your life to be a priest for the Diocese yeah. in Houston. And then the, the Houston Texans call you. Does your bishop talk to yeah. you? How does that start?
2: Well, let me give you a little bit of the remote history first. Sure. Uh, at the time, I was working in the chancery, uh, the director of vocations, and we used to have lunch pretty much every weekday uh, with Bishop Fiorenza, the priest did, who worked in the chancery. And I remember telling him one day at lunch, I said, you know, Bishop, um, if you ever needed someone to specialize in sports ministry, I hope you'd consider me. Nice. You know, I was just kind of tongue in cheek. He knew what a big sports fan I was. And he said, well what's sports ministry? And I was like, well, I don't know, but it just sounds like a good thing. <laughs> and subsequent to that, I found myself actually going to chaplain at car races uh, around the country and actually even outside the country. So I've, legal or I've, illegal ones, legal ones. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the indie car racing series. Gotcha. So uh, I did some of that, but also got, uh, we got contacted the chancery did by the uh, Houston Texans when they were prior to their inaugural season, and the offensive coordinator, uh, Chris Palmer, uh, devout Catholic, wanted to have a Catholic chaplain, and so it was really through his contact in the chancery and asking for some suggested names that I got a call for an interview, so it was, you can imagine my excitement, I'm getting called by (laughs) somebody representing the new franchise for Texas, for Houston, uh, and invited me down to really the old Astrodome, because NRG was still being built at the time. And I went down for lunch with the head coach, Dom Capers, and this nice. uh, Chris Palmer, the offensive coordinator. And that was like just a thrill of my life. Just, again, sit around with, across the table from a, the head coach of the Texans who right. had also <laughs> been coach for the Carolina Panthers. And so after that uh, lunch, they said, well, go get your credentials. You've got the job.
0: So, you interview well. That's good to know. I <laughs> uh, hope so. Yeah. I, apparently, I
2: did. Or God was helping out, you know, as he often does. It's so crazy to me
0: because, like, I, I, uh, yeah, imagining God over the Astrodome is just a cool visual for me. Just like God, mm. God's hand reaching <laughs> yeah. out to a conversation in the stadium I grew up going to and loving. And yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, e- even just that, like, you know, t- hearing about dumb capers and those guys, it's like, that's like literally that was like my, my childhood growing up and it's yeah. just re- really cool to hear that and i think one of the big things that um so the reason you and i met was through dave Neeson, who works with a mm. lot of uh, hel- helping to coordinate and provide uh, ca- catholic priests and catholic sacraments for the catholics in the nfl really cool guy and i'm we're mm. thankful that uh, he got us connected but I-, I think one of the things it's like it's so one of the stereotypes that even I had as a Catholic and as a fan of professional sports was that like the two were diametrically opposed, you know, like mm-hmm. that, like, yeah. uh, you know, sports is all about money and and fame and all these things. And the church is not about those things. So I I, I just assumed those two things didn't me- didn't mesh. And what I'm here, what I heard from Dave when I talked to him and then what I want to hear from you now is that, this originated from within the organization they they were there was a catholic there was like hey i'm not the only one and i want Mm -hmm. you know i I would like catholicism to be around my workplace like that's just it's it's just so fascinating to me even though i've heard it before even you hearing that they reached out to you or they reached out to the diocese and therefore you uh, that's just so impressive to me
2: yeah well it's a model that is interesting it's a different model if you can well, there was an old skit I think it was on Saturday Night Live where one guy was the office linebacker. Oh yeah, yeah, like. yeah. <laughs> but you know, you imagine what would our world be like if some representative of our faith were with us in the workplace? Oh yeah. Or came to visit us in our workplace. The whole idea of evangelization and bringing the gospel into the world, into the structures of the world, and here is, like you said, an organization, the NFL, and other. Uh, sports organizations who see the value of bringing faith into the workplace. Yeah,
0: so that's your primary job, or no, your primary job with the Texans. I know that you're you're yeah. a pastor of yeah. a parish, but your primary role with the Texans is to bring Catholicism into in the workplace. to going to gather yeah. all the all the Catholics in uh, on the team and within the organization. So I, w- I would imagine, and you could t- correct me if I'm wrong, but that like the primary function is to provide the sacraments for the team. Is that correct?
2: Correct. Yeah.
0: Okay, so. Uh, is it different during the season and the off season? Like, how often are you with the Texans? Like, providing uh, c- celebrating mass, are you hearing confessions? Mm-hmm. Like, what, are you, what what is the the primary role there with, with sacramentally?
2: Okay, well, uh, maybe let me take a step back and say, sure. I think from the perspective of the Texans and other NFL franchises that see this value, it's about supporting the coaches and the players, uh, providing some no, another element of stability to their lives. Uh, Etc. Uh, so they probably wouldn't identify the sacraments gotcha. first and foremost We would, we would gotcha. say, well, you know, we do that through word and sacrament. Um, so my role uh, most visibly is during the season, starting usually in training camp, uh, going to as much as I can, one or two practices a week so that the players, especially the new players to the roster, see me and get familiar with my face, uh, sort of begin to associate with me with uh, the team and not just a fan or reporters or just other people who come and go. Uh, during the season, uh, it's really just the night before home games. However, I have been asked to go to some road games and, and then go with the team on the team flight to wherever we're going. Um, in addition to celebrating mass, I've uh, heard confessions uh, in that setting, usually the night before the game. Um, I've also had requests to do baptisms of children. Oh, cool! Uh, fu- yeah, fu- I've done actually a funeral uh, and a, a, a wedding. At least one, at least one wedding. So,
0: okay, so yeah, you're kind of getting into that that second part. And it's interesting, like even yeah, like you're saying, like from our perspective, providing the sacraments is probably the primary way. But I can see from yeah. them, it's like just being just being there and being present, and being a part of of these guys' lives and like their families' lives, right? Um, with, yeah. uh, with the baptisms and the weddings and those sorts of things. So, like. Like pastorally. So, when it comes to, hmm. you know, like, what does that look like? Like, what, like, do you have, like, do you build up relationships with the players and coaches? Like, are you doing, you know, some not, maybe not spiritual direction, but like, are you meeting with them one on one? Like, what does that look like? What does the pastoral role look like? Uh,
2: yeah. And it's, it's, you put yourself in their shoes where they only have really one day off a week and everything else, especially during the season, is just geared around getting ready for the next game. Uh, what I have done in the past now this is going back a ways in terms of older technology, but providing CDs with Catholic content. <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to listen to, you know, uh, this uh, topic, so formation, spiritual support, I've given them uh, travel Bibles that they could carry with them, prayer books, uh, anything like that, that they would just make it easier for them to practice their, their faith and keep their prayer life going. And now, Oh, I, you know, what I did was I actually did a, a virtual retreat uh for one of the members of the team oh, cool. where uh, because of covid and this was during the off season uh they were going to go on vacation and I said, why don't you set aside an hour each day and i'll give you some material for prayer etc so he he kind of did a 10 to 13 day retreat while he was on his vacation so some things like that
0: yeah that's that's really cool so you really are playing like this, this role of like, so like, it's, it's it's so funny to me again, thinking like, you know, I've just, the NFL is just so like literally big leagues for me. Right. Like I've been coaching local, sports you know here for about six mm-hmm. years and yeah like our pre- our priest comes by and he's present and he's there and he provides you know obviously provides the for the students but he's also there for you know hey you know how can i help grow my faith so it's just so fun like it's just funny to me to hear that it's, it's just really similar <laughs> with yeah. these professional yeah. athletes you know who are uh i, I like that they're you know, like a lot of them go, go to confession like on the saturday night before it's like i might die yeah. tomorrow you know so this is yeah. a big <laughs> this is uh, get hurt or whatever like this is a big game yeah. I just find it all very fascinating. So Hmm. uh, like what? Like on average, so you've been doing this since 2002, so almost almost 20 years. So like on average, I know it probably fluctuates every every year, but like how many how many of the athletes and coaches like people in the organization are like active with the stuff that you're doing on a given year?
2: Yeah, I always have given the numbers like eight to twelve. Okay, about eight to twelve regularly yeah. come from mass participate things like that
0: yeah yeah that's really cool because like the, the rosters i think i think if, if i'm not crazy it's somewhere around 50 or 60 right so like to have yeah. uh, you know some, yeah. uh, that that amount is 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 really cool so mm-hmm. do you have any stories of like like really cool moments that have happened in the last 20 years <laughs> with your role with the texans
2: oh yeah i mean it just it, it, lots of them The first there's a couple that come to my mind right away uh, one was one of my most embarrassing moments. Nice. Let's start uh, there. <laughs> so uh, I was on the sidelines at a game, and uh, I usually stand around the 30-yard line, so I'm outside of the player's box, so the player's bench area, closer to where the reporters and photographers are, the team doctors, et cetera. So at one point, this was, I don't know how many years ago, was Andre Johnson, I think, was our wide receiver. My favorite player and, of all time. <laughs> and it was a, And he was interfered with. You know, and I, as a play went past me and they ran down about 20 yards away, I saw this clear, you know, foul. The referee didn't throw the flag and I just yelled out, oh, man, you totally blew that call. (laughs) Something to that effect. Right. So as they're coming back to the line of scrimmage, the referee looks at me and he goes, oh, come on, father, give me a break. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i was like how did he know that was me you know how did he know it was like he saw me what was it so it was like well, i was my so... guess is you're dressed differently than most of the people yeah, on <laughs> yeah. Like, of all those people yelling at him but he found out it was me uh but that was a lesson too it's like sometimes we do need to just give people a break right you know yeah um there was another moment where um in the uh training so the texans have their locker room and connected to that uh is the training area with the team doctors and all that stuff and it was when uh, JJ Watt had was injured and he was coming through that area just 15 minutes before the game and i actually had put on some black eye patches nice. just kind of for fun you know yeah. <laughs> and uh, i had a beard at the time too by the way nice. and i said hey jj somebody's asked me if i could get a picture with you and he said oh yeah sure fine so I took a selfie with JJ Watt nice. you know, and I've got these black, <laughs> black uh, eye bands underneath. That's um, so
0: funny.
2: Yeah. Once I almost caught a pass where the quarterback was throwing it out of bounds, just throwing it away. And uh, I jumped up and it went over my hands. And I thought, you know, if I had caught that, that would be my ESPN highlight moment. Right. <laughs> they probably would have put it on ESPN top 10 priest catches pass, right? <laughs> but, um, Yeah, since I missed it, I'm glad they didn't show it on the blooper reel.
0: I was about to say, like, because if the commentators would have noticed, they would have mentioned it. And then millions of people would have heard you getting uh, poked fun out.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you do have to be careful. You have to be careful because those cameras really are on you all the time. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then the plays, things happen so fast. And those players are so big. You, as they say, have to have your head on a swivel when you're on the sidelines. Because in an instant they can be upon you. I mean, it almost happens every game where we're standing. You you got to be careful not to get run over by plays coming your way.
0: Right. So, yeah. I, yeah. I coached football for our for that local Catholic mm-hmm. school uh, this last year, and I had to do a lot of the uh, like 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 the shedding block move. Like there are people getting oh, tackled yeah. in front of me, and I had to like kind of push on their heads so yeah. that I didn't get taken out. And I'm like, sorry, mm-hmm. you know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh,
0: well, well, you know, you know that after this, all I'm going to be doing during Texans games, every time they show the Texan sideline, I'm going to fi- I'm going to try to find you and try to yes. get a clip of you doing something strange, like yelling at a ref or something. Along, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well,
2: my parishioners will do play kind of a version of where's Waldo. They watch the game just looking for the oh, there's Father Clint, you know. I'm saying this
0: funny way to say it, but in addition to being the, the Catholic chaplain for the, the Texans, you're also a pastor at a parish. Like I know right. that in, in your mind and in your ministry, they're actually flipped, you know, like the, yeah. the, par- the is the most important, but uh, I'm guessing that sometimes things get in the way because Sunday is the games and Sunday is also where you're the pastor at, at the church. So how does that work? Yeah. Your, your primary work day for both of your roles is the same day. <laughs>
2: okay. Well, I, I'm probably going to make a confession here Uh-oh. that, Hopefully, won't get back to the cardinal. But now we we did look at rearranging the mass schedule. So at some point, uh, the games home games start at noon, and we had a twelve fifteen mass. Uh-huh. Well, when COVID started, we began to look at rearranging our schedules, and uh, realized that we didn't really need to have that twelve fifteen mass. We could move it up to eleven. Nice. And there was other reasons to make it a favorable decision. But in the back of my mind, it was like. And I won't be as late for the Texans games whenever they're playing at home. (laughs) Then on Saturday nights, because usually the the mass is on a Saturday night. uh, Sometimes I've had, since I've come down here to Texas city, it's an hour drive into Houston. I've had to ask a visiting priest or a neighboring priest who's retired to come and take the Saturday evening mass whenever I need to be in Houston for the Texans mass. So it, it does conflict sometimes, yeah.
0: Your associate pastor, I, I guess he takes a little bit more of those 11 o'clock masses than you do during football season.
2: <laughs> well, I, actually, I don't have an associate pastor down oh here, so I'm, wow. I'm a so one-man you, show. Yeah.
0: So you've got double duty and there's yeah. only one of you. Well, I, I, I'm yeah. guessing you've uh, you've learned how to uh, uh, bilocate. I'm guessing that's a skill that you've had to acquire. Yeah. <laughs> Father, it's so funny. It's just, just that, like, obviously, the, the connection – of like our shared love for the Texans. Um yeah. but like I was it's so funny to hear that you're in Texas City. I was born in Texas City Hospital. <laughs> wow. <laughs> My mom wow. worked there. She was yeah, and, wow. and, and had me there. So uh, small world. Very small world. Yeah. So I grew mm-hmm. up in League City right down the road. So yeah. No. yeah. That's tremendous. So uh I guess the the last thing of I mean first of all, just thanks for coming on. This has been really cool Mm -hmm. for me. I've been looking forward to talking, talking to you for, for quite some time. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Being a priest is cool, but being a priest for the Houston Texans is extra cool. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, any final thoughts? And uh, if you wanted to share your parish with us, uh, let us know.
2: Yeah. Well uh, I'll say something that when I started this work with the Texans, I was also doing the vocation work and I have since really developed a kind of an interest if not even a passion around the NFL draft and trying to evaluate players looking at, uh, measurables. And what I found was really a kind of a parallel between, uh, vocations work. How does God fill out his roster when he's looking for priests, when he's looking for religious sisters and others to serve him in the, in the mission, you know, what does he look for? Cause that's what NFL teams are doing They're They spend, thousands, if not millions of dollars in evaluating the talent that's coming out of college. And it's, there's an interesting, I mean, it, this is probably a bigger topic in and of itself, but uh, certainly God looked for people who have certain skill sets, but a lot of times, just like in the NFL, it's about who's willing to work hard and whose heart is really passionate about this, you know, right. in our, in that case, it's football. In our case, it's about the gospel. It's about sharing our faith. It's about bringing people a message that can heal them and save them. And so um, I think of myself not as a first round draft pick as a priest, you know, (laughs) and maybe we can, as disciples, sometimes find ourselves somewhere in there as a, you know, a free agent pickup, you you know, at the bottom of the depth chart, you know, but trying to work to our way up. So there's a lot of interesting just parallels for me between sports and real life and sports, and our faith life. And maybe it's worth reflecting on for those sports fans out there uh, where they can find some of those symbolisms and connections.
0: Yeah, so uh, what I what I hear you saying is I'm hearing a diocesan priest and an ordered priest rivalry because all the ordered priests are the undrafted free agents. That they what they, they weren't good enough, but they got to pick where they went. You didn't get to pick where you went. You got drafted into the di- the diocese of Galveston Houston. So you you, yeah. were, you maybe not a first round pick, but you were a nice second round, third round pick, but uh the ordered guy it's a little little joke for the ordered priest. No, oh, those are your like,
2: words. Yeah, 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 yeah right. exactly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> My words yeah. do
0: not reflect the, yeah. the the words of Father the crit wrestler or the houston texans
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> let me pitch one thing sure um if you haven't been to texas city in a while come down here especially bring the family there's a beautiful dike for fishing and swimming there's great uh levee for uh, watching the ships go by and for uh, flying kites there's a lot of recreational areas here in texas city and on your way down you'll pass right in front of my church uh on ninth avenue north you can't miss it st mary the miraculous medal
0: that's tremendous and you know I'm gonna take you up on that because like Good. I'm in, I'm in yeah. Houston all the time I'll, dr- I'll I'll send you an email when I'm coming to Houston and I'll be like hey father could I can I treat you to lunch because I know you're not busy with your two jobs and and no help so
2: <laughs> I'm, I'll make a I'll make a special exception for you awesome. <laughs> awesome
0: well father thank you so much um, and you know what' we're, uh, the last thing that you said like your final thought means in my mind that you're you're going to have to come back maybe six, nine months down the road. And what we're going to do is we're going to do a draft of seminarians and we're going to have measurables. What are the measurables of a good seminarian?
2: <laughs> That's a great topic. Maybe, maybe get me and the uh, current vocation director or some other vocation That's director so in, into a tandem on that because it could be dynamic
0: that would be a lot of fun so uh, we'll, yeah. we'll schedule that down the road hopefully i can have lunch lunch with you between now and then father clint, clint wrestler thank you so much for spending some time with me here today thanks taylor bye 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 It has been a while since we talked about Catholic Bomb Co. here on the show. They are one of our first sponsors ever on the show, and uh, we just kind of quit talking about them because we talked about them so much, and so many of you bought stuff that it was really good for everybody. Y'all got your discounts. We all got uh, some support for the show and some support for Catholic Bomb Co., and they support Catholic Youth Ministry. All good things around. Everybody was happy. But then the pandemic hit and nobody's going out anymore, so why do you care what your beard looks like if you're not going out anywhere? But now the world is opening back up, so I thought today would be a grand old time to share about to share about Catholic Bombco. I use it for my beard, which is lovely and luscious and joyful. And I use the Chrism one so I can remember remember my baptism, and it smells wonderful, and my wife loves it. And the kids are like, your dad, you're smelly. But what do they know? They're dumb kids. So go to ForteCatholic.com slash beer. You'll get 11% off your next order. And this is a one-time use, but if you've already used it before, just use a different email. I don't care. They don't care. They just want your business. So ForteCatholic.com slash beard. Click the link and use the code Forte at checkout to get 11% off all all of your beard stuff. I've got the beard balm. I've got the beard uh, comb. And then if you're a lady and don't have a beard, well, if you're a lady and have a beard, I mean, have at it. If you're a lady and don't have a beard, there's all kinds of lotions and stuff for the ladies as well. ForteCatholic.com slash beard for 11% off today. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Schroll, rejoined by Jonathan Bearded Blevins. And John, I know that you haven't uh, you haven't heard that conversation with with Father Clint yet, but I, I loved it, and I cannot wait for him to come back. The the last thing that we said, John, you might find this interesting, is he's gonna come back, and we're gonna do a draft of like seminarians into the priesthood, and like either draft them into like diocesan or an order. All and like and we'll have like a like first round you know first pick second pick all based on like the characteristics that you look for in, in a priest instead of like you know forty time and throw power and college yeah. stats and all that stuff so we're gonna have a good time.
1: Wait, with real people or imaginary people? Uh, both probably. <laughs> uh,
0: right. he, I think he was thinking imaginary, but I think we'll throw in like seminary and Father Anthony and a couple other of our priest friends. Okay. Batman. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so the last thing that I want to do with you today is uh, I listen to a podcast, and uh, I'm going to share the point at the end, but first off, we're just going to, we're going to give each other four words, and on a scale of one to ten, how much do you know about that topic? So for instance, we're just going to go ahead and get started. Okay, Fortnite—the game that you are probably you are most known for for streaming. It's probably, it's, the, it's the game that everybody associates with you. I think it's Fortnite and like Detroit sports are the two biggest things that people associate with you. Catholicism is like eighth, just so that you know. Oh, okay. I just wanted I just wanted you to know what the perception was. Me uh, be better, thank you. But uh, Fortnite on a scale of one to uh, uh, one to ten, with ten being the you know the most. How much do you know about Fortnite? Six. Okay. And Lions history, Detroit Lions football history. Uh, uh, seven. Seven. Okay. Uh, Catholic saints as a whole.
1: So many saints. There's so many saints.
0: Four. Okay. And then the eschaton. <laughs> the end of the world. As yeah, we know it. <laughs> two.
1: Two. Two. Okay. You have four words for me. Okay. Are we going to do this now? I'm going to give you the four. Yeah. All right. Number one, sound design. Okay. I'm going to say mm, eight. Ooh, that's higher than I went on any of mine. Okay. It, I'm, I'm really good at that. Number two, guitar. Ooh.
0: You play guitar. I do play guitar. Let's say, let's say
1: five. All right, number three, and this is going to be weird, and it's not inappropriate. Zippers, hundred percent inappropriate. Zippers, you know, what would be
0: great is if we just bleep that word out after what you said, and just bleep (laughs) zippers for the rest of the time. It would make it sound way worse than it actually is. Zippers, I I know, I know,
1: two. I don't know. (laughs) Okay, two. Wow, that's like I would have been like ten. How do they work? Okay, Uh, and number four. The Office. I believe that's the your Office. favorite TV
0: show. Yeah, it is. One of my top five for sure. I'm going to say, I think five years ago, I would have said like eight, but I think I'm going to say six now. It's been a little while. Okay. Okay. So now we have, we're going to take turns now. So now we have our, our words and our, and our numbers from one to 10. So you said Fortnite, you know, you know, a six, explain to me what Fortnite is. Explain to somebody who's never played Fortnite before what Fortnite is. Okay, but, like, what do they know? I don't want
1: to waste time here. I know uh, they, 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 they know that video games know, exist games. and that Mario jumps. Have they seen Hunger Games before? I mean, that's a pretty huge phenomenon. Sure. Okay, okay. So here's how I explain Fortnite to someone who doesn't know what it is. Fortnite is a video game that you can play live on the internet with other people, with and against other people. There's a 100 people that can play in each specific game. And there's millions of games that can happen at once, but you only focus on the one you're in. And there's uh, you get dropped into this map, this area that has a bunch of different uh, places and resources. You can build things with uh, wood or brick or metal. So you have to collect those things by hitting them with a stick. Um, and then you can find different weapons and guns that are located in treasure chests all around the entire map. And it's whoever it's like Hunger Games. There's one person standing at the end. Um, and who if you're that last person, then you win the game. It gets a little more. Uh, you're the, you're the first thing I think is like, oh, man, the map must be huge if there's 100 people. Uh, that must take forever each game must take an hour no there's a storm much like in hunger games that forces people to go towards the center of the map or towards a different spot in the map And if you get caught in the storm you die and so you want to keep moving along with the storm and eventually it gets into such a small spot if there's still people left that it forces you to fight with one another and at the end there's a winner
0: that's actually pretty good not bad right yeah not bad so uh
1: like how did Fortnite get started uh, so Fortnite was started because they they copied other Battle Royales. It's a type of game called the Battle Royale. Uh, PUBG is another one. H1Z1 really is the kind of the first one that kicked it all off. Really, everyone's stealing from Hunger Games. And then there's a movie that came out way a long time ago before Hunger Games that apparently Hunger Games stole from. Um, and so these developers wanted to develop it because they thought that the other and games... They all,
0: they all not, stole it from the Romans in the Coliseum.
1: <laughs> yeah, honestly. They, did. <laughs> uh, they, they wanted it to be more kid-friendly. There's, so there's no blood. Um, They're cartoons. They can do popular dances and incorporate pop culture into this game. Um, And so it's been an absolute phenomenon. World's biggest selling game besides Minecraft, I believe.
0: Okay, good. Uh, That's wrong. That's not how it started, but I'm proud of you. How did it start? Uh, It started as a single player game. Oh, save the world part? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it was out for like six to nine months and it was not successful at all. And then they ripped off everybody else and became the most popular
1: game of all time. That's why I said I only know a six. Okay, good. Yep. Yeah, so so good. So so, questions like, how many, what does the storm tick for after eight minutes? I don't know. A lot of people know that answer. I don't know that answer.
0: Well, good. So you were you were fair with yourself. You did say six. I would think you're actually probably a little higher, but you're being humble and you're kind of in on, you know, it's coming. And not because I told you, but you kind of do anyway. Okay. Sound design. What, what do you want? Me, to know from me about sound design, I'm not I'm not like that was the good that was a good example of like explaining it but now we're just going to ask each other
1: questions about the things that
0: we about our words so what do you want to know okay. about sound design
1: okay I mean like I there are things I know nothing about sound design is one of them I don't understand how you can have a microphone and then uh, a, a game volume tv volume and make them all sound harmonious to me why wouldn't you just move all the levels to the same exact spot halfway up of sound uh, a sound bar and have it. Why doesn't that work? I don't get how it works at all. Sure. So uh, all
0: the inputs, why don't they all just sound the same? Yeah. Uh, because if John, if you and I stand next to each other in real life, which one of us is louder? You. Right. So I. Ha- if we had a microphone at the same volume, we would have to turn mine down for us to be even. And that's not a hypothetical that happens once a
1: month. <laughs> if you and I were co-hosting a live event, a lot, right? I have a mic. You have a mic. You're telling me that your mic would be a lot, would be softer than mine. hundred percent. Okay. That's wild to me. How come, how come in sound, how come you can do things like, how does post sound design work? Like you've set all my levels and then you like, but after that you still edit it. How can you edit something that's already been done? Right. So, okay. So uh, one, there are two ways to kind of do this, right? You could
0: like you do, uh like when you're doing your live stuff everything is set and then everything is recorded like so the videos that you do after you stream on twitch it's all together like the the sound bites the video game the video game sound your voice sound all of those things are all on one track so it is more difficult to level those things there is a thing that you can do called hard limiting where essentially like the loudest thing that you did so like when you won and you went yeah and then the lowest thing where you're just like you know you're you're just kind of talking like this, kind of hanging out or whatever. There's a yeah. thing that you can do. Hard limiting raises the lower stuff, and the high stuff won't go past a certain point. So, like, you don't want to be blaring people's ears out, and there's a number for that. So, you put everything to hit the highest note, but at the same time, you still bring up the things that are quieter. So, even on that, there are some things that you can do, but the best way to do it is like what we're doing now, and what I've had to teach you, and you you do know nothing about this, and it's been – It's Mm -hmm. it's, it's my monthly challenge just to get you and all of the other co-hosts to record the way that I want them to, if they're all on different tracks. So like you are, you are recording on one track. Now I am recording on the other track so I can make, I can make us sound more level. Even if yours came in at 50% louder than mine, I can make them sound level.
1: Okay. And the reason, the reason that you said an eight instead of a 10 on sound design is because I don't think, you know, who the first sound designer is who coined the term sound design.
0: Correct. Yeah, I don't know anything about the history of sound design. It's and Walter well, good. I'm very <laughs> proud that you know that. M-U-R-C-H. Uh, he, yeah, yeah. He, he needed to brand that better and just be M-E-R-C-H. But that's just yeah. my <laughs> that's just my little insight. Uh, the biggest thing that I don't know is there are often times where I figure things out and I make them work and I don't know how I did it. Um primarily when it comes to like live sound recording uh, because there are so many things like i don't know how a microphone works i don't know how it works but i know how to make it sound good does that make yeah. sense so like 100 yeah. percent. i don't
1: know how the game fortnite works but i know how to play it
0: exactly exactly okay uh we have time for for just about one more and this is going to be this is going to be kind of quick fire so you said uh let's do Lions history for you. I'm just gonna ask you a few questions and we're gonna move on really quickly. Who was the first draft pick ever by the Detroit Lions? No clue. Uh when's the last time the Lions won the Super Bowl?
1: Mm, they've never won a Super Bowl.
0: When's the last time they won a playoff
1: game? Oh man, nineteen ninety one.
0: Yeah. Okay. Is that you know that for sure? I knew it was yeah. about twenty something a little 1991, something. Yeah. Okay. Um who is the leading passer, leading passing yards all time in Lions history? Matthew Stafford, baby. <clears throat> who does he play for now? <laughs> <laughs> that one was that one was just mean. Okay, so um, who is the first head coach for the Lions? Ooh, that I don't know. Uh, who has been? Uh, have they always been in Detroit?
1: No, they started out. The actual team started out in I think 1928 as the Port Smith Spartans, and I believe they went to Detroit in like 1934 or 36. Okay, good. So, so you knew a seven. I think you. I
0: think uh, if like. The person who knows the most about Lions history was a 10. I don't think you're a 7, but I think you're probably around like in the 50 to 60th 60th percentile, right? Yeah. I think
1: somebody Actually, who was like especially from like the 1938 on, but you give me like my life 1987 to
0: 2021, I would I'd I'd say I'm a 9 or a 10. Sure. No, I I I 100% agree with you. I 100% agree with you. Okay. Uh, you've got one more for me. You got to pick one from the last three. We're running out of time
1: so funny but okay let's go with man you already you gave yourself a two on zippers but that would have been really funny but just one thing for people to think about if you ever look at a zipper like it's a great example of what you're about to talk about like you zip up a coat everyone knows how to do that but how does it actually work i don't even okay so let's go with the office okay the office um what year did it start uh, 2003 i thank you for your honesty i just want to say I thank you for your honesty it's 2005 but that's well done Okay. um what what came first the british office or american office
0: oh british for sure
1: okay how many seasons was michael scott on uh seven yeah i don't i don't actually know the answers to these but i, I, I think it's six or seven somewhere around people can look I, these I am up. not okay. confident <laughs> um, and what was the name of michael scott's first wife uh, uh, Karen, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what season did Jim and Pam get married?
0: Oh, it was at a waterfall, and I remember <laughs> I remember everything that happened. I just don't remember the season.
1: I don't know, five.: Okay, and then last one, uh, what uh what did they get fined sixty thousand dollars for in, in, in an episode where they where they uh were copyrighted? What song? Uh, probably the one that that, like really famous intro where they're all dancing. Is that it? I don't think so. So it's the episode of the Benny Hanna thing. And he, he sings a song I'm forgetting what the song is, but we can look it up, but it's very controversial because it just came out in a podcast recently.
0: Oh, good. Well, speaking of podcasts, it just came out recently. The entire point of this segment, what we just did is I was listening to a podcast recently and I was mad that you already had heard about this because you kind of knew where this was going, but they talked about the illusion of explanatory depth. Um, to where like we think we know things that we that we actually don't. So like yeah, like your example of zippers. I know nothing about zippers. I know how to pull them up and put pull them down. I don't know how they were invented. I know that they were a big deal. I know that Velcro was a big deal. It seems pre- like it's one of those things that like it seems pretty simple to me. Like why didn't nobody think of this? But like the person that thought of it was brilliant, and we all just know how to use it, right? But I don't know how to explain how zippers work, right? Or Velcro.
1: I don't. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I
0: don't know what the material is on the other side. I don't know. Here's how I would explain Velcro and zippers. Zippers are metal velcro. Velcro is soft <laughs> zippers.
1: <laughs> Perfect.
0: But um, uh, so people people were asked to like give themselves a grade, just like we did, on how much do you know about this thing? So the the whole point was we are almost always wrong. Uh most people now, some people are like, you know. Some people need a little bit of self confidence. That's not my problem. It's not most people's problem. <laughs> it's like it's the like we think we know that more than we can, and there are things that I've been like, oh, um, explaining it like youth nights. Oh, here's the Eucharist. People are like, what does the Eucharist mean? And there have been times in my youth ministry career where I was like, I, I don't know, you know, like, like there's a, the, so the whole point of it. The whole point of it was just to have a little bit of one humility about the things that we know that we think we know a lot about, right? If we think we know a lot about Catholicism, we think we know a lot about how other people think about Catholicism. We think we know a lot about Judaism or other versions of Christianity. We need to be a little humble about it and continue to learn because it's dangerous to think that we know this much about it. You've heard of this concept. Uh, so wrap us up. Uh, uh, the illusion of explanatory depth.
1: So the way I, I, the way I heard of it uh, years ago when I would listen to podcasts, I used to be very conservative. Now I consider myself kind of a moderate, but, and partially because of that, of this exact thing, that, you know, I'm, you're so pa- people are so passionate about these political things, right? Like, you're so passionate about immigration. Okay, like, how does immigration work in America? How long does it take from someone from Mexico to become a U.S. citizen? And like, no one knows that answer. Like, what's the pro- what's the actual process? Is it different in different states? Uh, but they're so passionate about it. They scream about it on Twitter. They argue about it. You don't understand. Um, and so the conservative blogs that I would read and the podcast I would listen to would be like, bring this up and ask them just to keep going. And eventually they're, you're going to own the libs, is how I learned it years and years ago. I'm not that way anymore. Um, and so I have now, like you just said, I have learned a ton from both, both political sides of the spectrum and even theological sides of the spectrum for in Catholicism. And it's just made me more well-rounded and sometimes a more humble person, sometimes.
0: Well, oh, good. I'm much more well-rounded than you are, but that's more of a physical thing. So to, to wrap us up, uh, the whole point of bringing up the illusion of explanatory depth is the goal for all of us is a little bit more humility and a little bit more knowledge and having that information hopefully will help both of those things. So to quote my favorite TV show, The Office, check yourself before you wreck yourself. I'll be back next week. Say ya! Thank you guys so much for watching. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode with John and Father Clint. If you did, a couple things. Make sure you hit subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet. Uh, there's a little share feature right here on, on, on the show. Hit share. Share it off to all of your friends. All eight of them. All eight of your friends. Not just your closest friends. We all have like two closest friends, and we all have like maybe six other ones. I mean, that's a lot for people my age. So uh, share it with them. Share it on social media. I would appreciate it. If you subscribe to the show, not only do you get uh, podcasts, but you also over on YouTube get all sorts of things, music, talks. Uh, we've got some Easter songs releasing every Friday over the next few weeks. So go check it out, youtube.com slash Catholic. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening today. Y'all rock, and I'll be back next week. Peace.